It just takes having a stoked conversation about something you both love and you probably have more in common than you think. So the biggest thing that I've learned is don't be shy, be welcome and encouraging to everyone. And maybe it just takes making a couple social media posts and I can guarantee you that there's people out there that want to make that connection still paddle by yourself, take that time, but the community will grow faster than you think if you put a smile on your face. Thursday, October 22nd, 2020. Sup everyone, I'm Paul Clark. Sup Paul. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the 25th episode of the Sup Paul podcast. And I can't think of anyone I'd want on the episode more than Rita Boychuk. She's been a guest before, and so this is going to be a recap of a conversation we had at the beginning of the summer. Her adventures throughout the summer on rivers, instructing, river surfing, touring in open water, multi-day trips. Her vibracious personality, her gregariousness, her infectious laugh. Without further ado, Rita Boychuk. You had a pretty busy, hectic, awesome, COVID be damned, uh, Canada's <laughs> doing it right summer. Yeah, dude, I grew, I drafted up some crazy facts here this morning. I went 13,000 kilometers this summer. Liar. No, I shit you not. <laughs> um, I don't know what that is in miles. A we lot. Should do that. A shit ton. You should do, we should convert that for the Americans. Um, we don't do have to have do have anything to- for the Americans. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so like, yeah, I like some of the other crazy facts, like 13 new rivers, three like overnight river trips, mm. like 20 river lessons, two SRT courses. I got my advanced SRT with like night ops and my ropes operator course. Like, dude, it was the craziest season. Oh, and I was just surfing in Tofino. <laughs> In other words, you're just twiddling your thumbs, just uh, waiting for yeah. waiting for life to pass you by. Pretty much, yeah. Like I uh, and I just did my best to stay safe. Like I mm-hmm. was respectful and wore masks, and mm-hmm. when I went to other places, and I kept to myself in my van. Other when I was teaching, but mm-hmm. like, you know, most of the time, if we were in close quarters, it was because we were in the water practicing rescues, and we always did our best to stay safe and. Sure. Yeah, so there was definitely some serious modifications that added a lot of time to things that maybe didn't necessarily happen. But, you know, I think, you know, no one in my realm has gotten COVID over the paddling season to the best of my knowledge. So Mm. I think that that meant that most of the paddlers in our little posse did their best to stay safe. And what I definitely know about the, the river community is it's a community that really understands going with the flow that metaphor is 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 the truth for life you just have to adapt and if you try to fight your way it's not going to be it's not going to guarantee any type of success so you adapted you went with the flow and (laughs) how many thousands of kilometers (laughs) Thirteen thousand. that's like including pretty much traveling all over alberta and bc teaching clinics um going on river trips and yeah, just surfing some new waves that I didn't even know existed. Well done. Well yeah, done. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> 
Well, Rita, welcome to my 25th podcast. This is the Ooh, number 25. <laughs> number 25. It is a it is a catch-up podcast of sorts. You are you are I think to me one of the the more one of the better examples of what river paddleboarding should be. Fun, adventure, enthusiasm, smiles, dedication, a lot of hard work. Uh, trials, failures, successes, arms in the air, high fives. Welcome back to the podcast, Rita. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Paul. I'm excited to catch up. <laughs> all those thousands of kilometers, all those people that you've met along the way, congratulations. Congratulations. It's been a crazy, hectic summer for a lot of people, and following your social media has always been uh, giving me the, the, the encouragement and the, the willingness to continue chasing dreams as well. Oh, nice. That's awesome. I'm glad that you're uh, following along for the adventure. Your social media keeps me pretty excited, too. You definitely, you definitely get up to a lot as well. The last time we talked, you, were, uh, you had yet to do a multi-day SUP support trip. Tell me about the, the few that you did this year. Yeah, well, this year I was really fortunate to team up with Aquabatics, where we led a series of clinics with the goal being that, you know, if you participated and grew your skills over the season, you'd have an opportunity to go on the Kootenai River trip. So um, for me, I actually supported a scouting trip. So I got to row my little 10-foot raft, Rosie, down there, um, had my friend Ashley Boykin in the front of the boat with our inflatable unicorn Esteban. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Your inflatable unicorn Esteban. <laughs> yes. He just, uh, he sits at the front of the raft, making sure that we scout all the rapids that we need to and that us girls stay on track. So you guys, you always got to have one honorary boy on the trip. So Esteban just uh, kept us all in check. And so, yeah, we uh, we sent it down there with a few of my friends and they were all on stand-up paddleboards scouting the adventure and surfing waves along the way. And it was just an amazing trip. And I can't wait for Ashley to have some moments to edit those photos because they're, I'm sure, going to blow your mind. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that trip was amazing just because um, a few weeks later, a bunch of my students got the opportunity to join me on my first time supping down the Kootenai River mm. and their first time as well. And we had this awesome raft guide, Jared, who um, when I heard I had a 22-year-old raft guide, I, I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit nervous. And on the second we met in person, um, I knew that Jared was going to be a good fit. He kept those ladies on their toes the whole time. <laughs> And he led the charge, took some amazing photos for us, so some memories that we'll, we'll never forget. And, yeah, those girls, they charged it. So I'm really glad that they put in all the hard work this season because um, Jackie, Dixie, Trish, Megan, and my friend Brandy were amazing part of that crew. And I just, yeah, I couldn't have imagined my first client trip going any better. Well done. Congratulations. Uh, how, what, what, I mean, you have this magic about you. I think it's the infectious laugh and the, and the, the ear to ear smile and just the, the, the regular presentation of Stoke. But what are you doing to attract people to river paddleboarding? Well, I think you just said it. Like I go out there and I'm super excited and I always have an extra board with me. And this year was the season of 
you know, every day that I had a chance to go paddle, I tried to get out and either do something new or try and paddle with a new person. And um, there's some people that I met in the parking lot at the Kananaskis River, um, some OC1 paddlers that I cannot wait. We're going to go do some trades um, because they are just so stoked on stuff. They're like, Rita, we're raft guides and we see you every day. The, um, the raft companies are cheering us on while we're supping down and um, they just want to be a part. They want to come hang out and surf the wave of stoke that we're throwing out there. And I think it's just everyone that is coming to the river is coming for a different reason. And as long as you can make an open space for everybody to be vulnerable, go with the flow, take the river full on or sit on the side and take it in, you know, I think as long as you can give them that space, that stoke will slowly grow within them and it won't be long until they're following me down the race course or <laughs> getting convinced that going in my raft my first time ever behind <laughs> the oars is a good idea. So, you know, they, they'll all learn their lessons that sometimes Rita will take them for a wild ride, but they will also have fun and stay safe. And it's just about, you know, making that space for everyone to feel safe and have fun. A space to have fun while being safe and having an adventure. I think that's what we're all looking for. Uh, still, the, the, the people that I, I spend time with, quality time with, I've been really enjoying watching a number of people grow, both men and women as, as, as river paddle uh, enthusiasts. But it, it's just great to be able to be on a board and, and explore. And I think rivers are always just a metaphor for life. Just, you know, what you're willing to, to, to put into a, an experience. What is the river to you? Like, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Well, for me, the river is that place that's forever changing. And you can't... You know, you can't let your guard down, but you can relax. As your comfort zone grows, the ability to relax in that dynamic environment um, becomes almost like a meditative, meditative state, right? You're always looking for something. You're always searching. And if you can tune in with the river and be present in that moment, which you need to be, um, you can find this sort of place to relax that's different. And I know that some people like doing yoga or laying down, but for me, going down the river and flowing at the river, no matter what class, is a meditative experience for me. And that's just because everything that I need has to be within that moment. You never know if your buddy's going to need help or if you're going to come around a corner and there was a creek that blown out or some trees that fell down and it looks completely different than when you were there last year. Um, so no matter what, you have to be fully in that moment when you're on the river and whether it's with your fellow guides or with your friends or with your clients, everything is focused on what's happening on the river in that moment. And for me, that is, is my escape even when I'm teaching. You were talking about your background in our last episode, uh, but uh, remind us how you got onto the river in the first place. Um, well, I somehow wanted to go back to school instead of um, chasing my professional ski bum dream back in the day. <laughs> and I thought that taking intro to canoeing and kayaking a phys ed course was gonna be a good idea. 
So in a swimming pool in Edmonton, Alberta, I got, learned how to canoe and kayak. And part of that was learning how to roll. And um, I'm very driven by, you know, you need to get a certain grade and you couldn't get a high grade unless you could do a roll. Mm -hmm. And I hired a private instructor because I just couldn't get the idea or the concept of rolling. And so I went through all of this work to learn how to roll. And I felt really silly because like, what now? Like, I just have this super awesome role and I'm not sure. And a girl came into my life and she was leading um, a women on the water clinic. So every Wednesday we would meet up and we started off by learning how to um, self-rescue and pull our skirts and eddy turns and fairies. And, you know, eventually we're going down the river. And because I had this awesome role, <laughs> I felt fearless sure. and so and whenever I tipped upside down it would work and it was awesome uh and so for me that was how I started on the river and I just became addicted I needed to go onto the river all the time I needed to practice my braces because there was all these creeks that I wanted to do <laughs> and um all I wanted to do was be on the river and share that so then I became a raft guide after taking the mass program in Fernie and I've pretty much just been searching and finding my way back to the river. Every time I try and stray my path, it pulls me back in. So I've decided to just go with the flow. <laughs> and what about standing up? When did that begin? Um, that began in 2013. So I had had a bad kayaking accident. Um, not like it was just a really bad swim and it scared me pretty good. So um, I decided to take a break from the river and that was a really hard time for me. I guess I had taken the river for granted a little bit and didn't realize how important to my being it actually was. And so some of my friends got me out on some of those original stand-up inflatables that were more like an inflatable bouncy <laughs> mattress. An expensive tube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was, you know, maybe 30 minutes of playing with it on the flat water. I had a light bulb moment. This could go down the river and we needed to get the box of gear that I put never touch again. <laughs> we got to get that box out, get that dry suit out, make sure the gaskets were still good, get all my gear on. And I decided to go down the Slocan River and I was standing up, mostly swimming. I'll be honest, but standing <laughs> up when I could. And I was never happier. I didn't have to be upside down. I had no problem swimming. I actually really loved swimming, but I really didn't like when my friends had to stop surfing to rescue my <laughs> kayak <laughs> or, you know, I didn't like to put that on them and now I didn't need to. So the freedom that stand up paddleboarding um, provided me, brought me back to the river and it's just been a chase to, and a passion to grow the posse um, ever since that day. You kept the dry suit, but you sold off the, the spray skirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't have a kayak or a spray skirt or any of that stuff anymore. But, you know, I kept the stuff so that I could go swimming. Because even though I wasn't kayaking, sometimes I'd put all my gear on and just go float around in the eddy. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're motivating people to get on the water and you're instructing them to do it safely. And you're, you're, you're pushing the bounds of where you could go on a board. Congratulations. Over the, the summer, I interviewed Norm Han, and I think you've uh, spent some time on the, on the open water, coastal paddling with him. And I also interviewed my buddy, uh, Davide Sartoni, in Reno, Nevada. Uh, and you and he have a lot in common in the sense that you're... 
I think a big part of this sport is is being an influence to people, really focusing on the community as opposed to the individual paddler. I don't think, with the exception of surfing, I don't think I've seen a single image or any type of media of you on the water without a dozen or so people. Uh, do you ever go on your own, not surfing, but do you ever just find yourself on the river paddling for your own personal thing or is the group your personal thing? Um, well, actually I do love to spend some solo time on the river. And last year I had the privilege of doing, um, a solo selfie trip. I was testing out the new bad fish board, the selfie, and I loaded it up and did, uh, three days, two nights on the entire Slocan Lake that then transitions into the Slocan River. Mm -hmm. And I did that with the backup safety of my photographer, Ashley, who didn't paddle, but checked in along the way, hiked in and got some awesome photos. Um, this year, I've made my goal to be about connection and community. And so I feel like I've spent so much time paddling alone or being the solo stand-up paddleboarder in a group of kayaks or um, tagging along in that sense, but never felt that way because the crews that I paddle with have always been more than encouraging and they just want to see if Rita will send it. Um, <laughs> and sometimes that means I'm going to rappel down with my stand-up paddleboard and go send it later in a different craft. But, um, you know, they've always been super encouraging and this year, I wanted to try and pay it forward. And I saw that as an opportunity with all the people that were buying stand-up paddle boards and seeking out and wanting to get on the river. My classes with aquabatics were filling up, and I saw that as an opportunity to keep putting more clinics and feed this you know, people were reaching me out and I wanted to give them what they wanted. And that was a community and a, and a connection to something, something more that could go help them go with the flow in a time that, you know, I feel people feel maybe a little bit trapped. Hmm. And this year in particular, outdoor recreation was, was huge for a lot of people. Gear was unavailable. People just needed to get out of their quarantine and, and escape into the wilderness. And it looks like you offered the opportunities for a lot of those people. In, yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> uh, in in the, the the Canadian Rockies, where you're based at the the moment, uh, we've talked about the Kananaskis River, and actually, my a uh, couple of guests ago was uh, Jacob Kelly Quinlan, uh, a river surfer, of course, uh, who was talking about uh, the river that I know that you surf on. How how is the community of river surfers with river suppers and kayakers and open deck canoes? How is all how are how is everybody getting along up there? Nice. Well, I think for the most part, we all get along and respect each other and um, give each other space when needed. And I think that um, all the open boaters, kayakers, whitewater paddlers are doing a really good job of setting a good example for safety at all times, right? The river is a dynamic place. It can be shallow. It can be fast. And so the whitewater communities does a really good job up here of always staying safe. And this year I've seen a really positive shift in the surfing community. Um, when I head down to the wave, I am starting to see more people with helmets and life jackets on, which is just encouraging because I think that that community is really awesome and supportive and they are doing such an amazing thing, getting more people on the water. So it's really encouraging to see that more people are choosing to put that safety gear on and get out there safely. 
we're getting into winter. Oh, yes. It's cold up here. There's. I came from the coast where it was sunsets and horizons. And, okay, so it's Tofino. So there's a little bit, maybe a lot, a, a lot, a lot of rain. Um, <laughs> but there was sunset, so I can't complain about the rain when I got to surf in the sunshine. And it's freezing in Alberta. Like, yeah, but the Kananaskis River will still be flowing. Um, it goes on and off, so it doesn't get big ice shelves. And I'm really excited. It'll be my first winter up here. And Kogatat, um, the thermo or the habanero liner is going to keep me super warm under my dry suit. And I'm just excited to go get some icicles in my hair. Icicles in the hair. Do you expect you're going to spend more time on uh, near freezing water or frozen snow? What are you? What what board are you going to be on this year for the most part? Um, well, I'm mostly a skier, but I do snowboard a little bit. Um, I I am thinking that I'm going to do a little bit of touring to keep my cardio and legs up. But I would presume that there will be more paddleboarding and more surfing um, this season, even if it takes a little jaunt out, um, jaunt out to the coast a couple times for some exploring. I I do see me being a little bit more frozen water than snow this season, just a, just a guess. Fair weather paddleboarding is pretty much the industry of SUP. Like, you know, the, the typical paddleboard magazine photo is is uh, is a woman in a bikini on a lake uh beautiful sunny day with her dog adventure paddleboarding is something a little bit different and winter paddleboarding is really the i think a huge part of what that adventure is icicles in the hair dry suits snow on the ground really that's you have to have that in your portfolio if you're an adventure paddleboarder and uh, you are unhesitantly fully sending that part of the adventure of it. Oh yeah, no, I, I fully plan to paddle all winter. That was, um, I know that the water doesn't freeze in the Kootenays. However, um, it's just not flowing as fast and I have a goal to work on my surfing. And this season, my goal with the community and connection, I spent a lot of time paddling with other people and not really focusing on surfing for myself. And I think that, this chilly winter season will be that opportunity and an opportunity for me to progress no matter how how cold it gets. To the people who say, uh, Rita, you're crazy. Why do that? One, the, the standing up on a river looks super crazy and dangerous. And two, you're in a dry suit in the winter. That's that's crazy. What's your general answer to them? Like, do you acknowledge that it's crazy or is it not? It's just your passion. Well, yeah, I also, like, I guess I ask them, well, what's your thing? Like, what do you do? And if they tell me they mountain bike, I'm like, whoa, you're crazy. That terrifies me. Or you rock climb, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. That terrifies me. So I think it's finding, you know, what what is scary to you? Because everyone has something. Like, I... I took my ropes course this year, and I'll be honest, I loved all the knowledge I gained, and I loved all the ropes, but the hanging over the rock edge and spending that much time in a vertical world, you know, I could have been going with the flow a little more and I would have been more comfortable, but it's always good to get out of your comfort zone. And, you know, my comfort zone just happens to be icy cold water and going with the flow and 
I think if you find out what works for you and you can manage it to stay safely, because if you ever come over and shake my hand after, um, after COVID and also <laughs> after, um, after a winter paddling session, you will feel that it's pulsing heat. So maybe I just have adapted to, um, to being fit, made for the winter season. I'm happy that you are because a, a lot of women that I've met along the way would love to spend more time in cold water, but they say that their bodies don't allow for that. What are, what are you doing to encourage women to, to go beyond that, that concern of being cold? Well, there's some tricks that I have that I love because this year when I did my um, Swift Water Advance up in Smithers with Raven Rescue, we were doing night ops and the temperature was going to drop. It was fall, late September. And so it was already quite cold and we had been in the water all day. So some of the tricks that I had was, well, starting warm and dry before I got back in the river at night. And I have reusable heat packs that I like to use. Um, sometimes the shaker ones are preferred um, for longer periods of cold water paddling, um, but some type of heat pack. So um, let's start with the layers that I wear. I wear the thickest wool socks. Like if I'm going skiing at minus 30 centigrade, I'm sorry. I think that's where we even out with Fahrenheit <laughs> is in that minus 30 realm. But so, cold. But cold, yeah. Um, the thickest wool socks that I'm going to wear. And sometimes I'll even put compression socks underneath those. Um, so that's what's going inside my Gore-Tex um, dry suit. Then I'm going to wear, if it's really cold, probably a thin merino wool base layer, an extra pair of fleece capris, um, or sometimes I have these Prima Loft capris. They're like little down ones. I will wear those. They, they'll keep your thighs warm. Um, and that's on my bottom half. Then goes my habanero liner from Kokatat. Um, up on the top, again, that base layer and probably some type of fleece vest, habanero onesie zipped up. And then I have a thick fleece vest that was my grandmother's. Mm. So I call it my lucky vest and maybe that's my secret magic. Um, so I always wear that little grandma vest at that time <laughs> of year. But what I'm going to do on my forearms is I have these little compression sleeves and I'm going to tuck those heat packs in my forearms so that the blood going out to my fingertips is getting heated up first. And whether it's my hands are always warm. So if you really want to paddle in the winter, I don't see why you couldn't like my feet don't get cold with my layers, but I don't see why you couldn't maybe put some heat packs on your calves. If your feet are getting cold um, on your forearms, you can put some on your biceps if you want. Um, but I don't typically get cold and I just use two little heat packs in there. I'm going to make sure I wear a neoprene hood or skull cap. So the only thing that's really exposed are my hands and my face. And no, I don't wear gloves, but you could. I just don't. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is Rita Boychuk, adventure paddleboarder. She's not wearing <laughs> her flip-flops on the beach. <laughs> she is winter paddleboarding on rivers in Canada. <laughs> You're fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Yeah, you should come try it out. The heat, like, the heat packs are the ticket on the forearms. 
unfortunately not been uh, one that ha has shied from the cold. Uh, that, that's, you know, I think it's part biology. It's, it, it's a lot of tricks and, and secrets, so thank you for sharing those. I remember when I transitioned from endless winter to endless summer, I would be the guy that would cry if I didn't get 100 days on the snow. And in my first couple of years when I was exploring rivers uh, on the, for the first time on, on paddle boards, I was getting 200 plus days in a dry suit, which meant 300 plus days on the river, uh, but I was just paddling by myself. You have a community and you're really growing that community. So cheers to you and cheers for that growing community. I've been loving watching it. What is your advice though, for the person who say lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, like my friend Jamie Mabe, who I just had on the, the, the podcast a few days ago. What do you say for the person who's in Wisconsin or the, 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 the areas that don't have a community and it's just a single person with their board and they're looking for encouragement to go on their own? Well, I think that you should just get as much education as you can on ways to stay safe. Make sure that you, if you're going to go out on your own, right, make sure that you have a check-in buddy that maybe doesn't paddle but is willing to check up on you, um, text you so they know you're on and off the water, and stay safe, right? Never take your life jacket off if you're out there by yourself because that's what's going to keep you floating if you fall in. Um, not sure what the water temperatures are down there um, but make sure you're always thermally prepared whether it's a wetsuit um, shoes always should come with you to make sure that if you need to take a break or hike on shore you're gonna stay safe and you know what don't be shy doing create a Facebook group and reach out to get other paddlers to come with you I would be surprised if there aren't other people like you out wanting to do more adventures and it just takes having a stoked conversation about something you both love, which already is paddleboarding, and you probably have more in common than you think. So the biggest thing that I've learned is don't be shy, be welcome and encouraging to everyone. And maybe it just takes making a couple Facebook posts, a couple social media posts, and I can guarantee you that there's people out there that want to make that connection. Still paddle by yourself, take that time, but the community will grow faster than you think if you put a smile on your face. <laughs> follow Rita's lead, have that smile first, and then uh, <laughs> yeah. joy will follow. Uh, a couple more questions before we wrap up. As an instructor, you spend a lot of time on the river, you know, giving people some basic techniques. The, the, the question is, you know, because I've, I've spent a lot of time as a guide, and there gets, there gets to a point where you just would like to surround yourself with people who are actually more skilled than you so that you could be influenced by them. Are there people in your paddling life right now that you look up to and that you paddle with, with uh, being, by being inspired as opposed to always being that person who inspires? Yeah, of course. I have a, I like to be balanced in that community so that I can have my, my limits pushed. And so um, I, want to talk about not necessarily in the sup world um but two of my friends uh travis finlayson and mitch mccambly were a big part of my summer and helping me push my boundaries um they took me stand-up paddleboarding on some rivers to see what i thought about stand-up paddleboarding those rivers and it got me to use my rope skills where i rappelled around a waterfall um because i'm not it was too big about my sup and 
you know what? I think down climbing with a rope was was way more fun. However, I did have the opportunity to go um, run the elbow again, and this time in a tandem canoe with Travis. And um, <laughs> might have to scroll through my Instagram, but we did go over the waterfall, boost stroke included, and. I, um, I definitely, I definitely am really inspired by those two to work on my OC one skills and go over more waterfalls. Um, and then, yeah, in that sup world, who are the people that inspire me up here in Canada? Well, uh, my friend Nick Meyer from Smithers BC is gives me a run for my money when it comes to the Stoke department. Um, He is the owner of Bugwood Coffee up there, and he must drink a lot of it because he is always (laughs) jacked. And he called me and my friend Kim, who I'll chat about in a second, um, he called me and Kim out to go surf the Telco Wave this spring. And, oh, man, um, if you look up Camus Photography on Instagram – Um, He has an IGTV of our surf session and that wave was huge and the volume of the water. Oh man, it was, it was a struggle. The challenge was real and I, I loved it. And Nick, he just surfed for days, making it look so easy and he's so rad and he just, yeah, he was one of the first down of paddleboarders I ever, um, I was the first stand-up paddleboarder he ever paddled with. Um, as a fellow stand-up paddleboarder on the Whitewater, we paddled on the can here. And um, ever since then, I just can't wait to go surfing or paddle with Nick again because he's, yeah, he's crushing it up in Smithers. Um, my friend Kimberly Kenyon, she is really rad and super inspiring to me. Um, her and I feed off each other and... I was so grateful that I had the opportunities that I had to get coached with Kim this year with our coach, Neil Gilson. And we were just feeding off each other, pushing each other, wanting to race every each other down the courses. And she really stepped it up this season, um, taking a lead for me on the SUP and allowing me some opportunities to push myself by getting behind the oars and um, rafting, um, rafting us on some trips and even Joe, that's a way that challenges me. And so, yeah, Kim's definitely someone that I look up to and I'm excited to see her grow, um, as an instructor and see where her paddling takes her next year. Cause I really hope that we're going to get on to planning some trips soon. Well, if you have uh, some insight in 2021, any international trips, any uh, uh, first descents up in Canada, what uh, what are some of the thoughts you have for 2021? Well, right now I'm working on getting all my clinics locked down and um, hoping to do some work again out in Squamish with um, Norm Han mm-hmm. and Tina Curry. And I'm really excited about that. And definitely we will be working with Aquabatics again mm-hmm. and getting some clinics up, more river trips. For me, I'm I'm not certain that I'm gonna internationally travel anytime soon. Um, I just think the uncertainties yeah. up there is a lot up in the air. And right now, I'm seeing a lot of growth here in Canada. And mm-hmm. so, if I could stick around for the 2021 season in Canada, I think that you know festivals are probably gonna start back up. The opportunity for me to host some river events is gonna pop back up. And I think that that would be a really big reward for the community up in Canada that's growing is to give them more chances to play and 
hopefully that will also provide me with some chances to race and compete as well. Um, that's the whole motivation between creating some events is so that I can feed that little competitive spirit. And I do plan on coming back to the GoPro games and all that stuff, but I think that that might have to be delayed till 2022. And not to, to belabor COVID and, and the, the uh, international travel issues and the U.S.-Canadian border, uh, what's your general take on what's happening south of your border? Honestly, yesterday was the first time that I even thought about wondering what was going on. And then I decided that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to cause myself too much stress on my day off. Um, I'm not super politic heavy because yeah. I have been really focused on the paddling and it's definitely not my strong suit. I find um, worrying about politics right now is causing me a lot of stress in addition to what's already going on and how stressful our world has been. So mm. unfortunately, I don't have a ton of insight on what's happening south, south of the border. Well, you're happy for that because it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, I've had to spend this entire summer Fortunately, my opportunities to escape have been fantastic in the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho and uh, the North Cascades of Washington, but I've been in escapist mode. You can't escape the negative. So river vibes and your infectious smile is what I turn to. So thank you so much for, uh, for being on the podcast again. The 25th episode, a re-meet with Rita Boychuk. Rita, you're amazing. I look forward to following you, your adventures more. Hopefully, I'll be able to paddle with you soon and the, the, the community that you're building up there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to reconnect again soon. You're yeah. awesome. Have a great Thank day. You. Have a great rest you of the too. day. Thank you so much for taking uh, the time and uh, stay warm out there. It doesn't look like that's a concern of yours. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll be, I'll be all right. Don't worry. <laughs>